Brother Amen. Derek, all Amen. yours. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you. Well, first of all, I want to say thank y'all um, uh, for your prayers and your support. You know, it, it is because of the church's prayer and support that the, the Great Commission is being fulfilled. Uh, folks like myself that feel God's calling and go out, uh, it is because of your prayers and your support uh, that we can go out, and that, and that Great Commission is being, feel, is being fulfilled. So let me just do a little introduction about me and about uh, the mission that God has called me to do. As most of y'all know, I'm Derek Kaiser, a member here at Clifford Baptist Church. And in 2015, I was at work. I know that's a strong word for me to use, but I, I did go in that day, and I was, I was out working. And I work for a state agency, and, and part of my job is a wildland firefighter. I've, I've traveled all over the, the western United States fighting wildland fires, and, 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 and part of that, when, when these fires get big, they form these logistical support camps uh, to support the firefighting efforts. And, and in these camps, there's everything from uh, the incident managers are there that are making all the tactical decisions on how to, how to fight the fire, but there's, there's laundry, and there's, there's meal tents, and supply, and showers, uh, you can get your hair cut. And, and there's also an area where the firefighters stay, where, where they go, and, and, and a lot of times they're in large fields, and, and uh, the, the firefighters will go, and we set our tents up there, and that's where we sleep. Uh, most firefighters spend two weeks at a time out on assignment. A lot of the, the more dedicated firefighters that are on crews, uh, they, will, they will go for 14 days, they'll have two days off, and they go back 14 days, and they do that all summer. And... and Many times I would lay in my tent in these camps and I would think to myself, you know, there's everything in this camp from food, uh, logistics, showers, you get a haircut, and you get your laundry done, but there's no, there's no uh, spiritual support, there's no chaplaincy, there's no church, there's no Bible study. And so this, this particular day, June 10th, 2015, it was a Wednesday, I was riding around and I, and I couldn't get that thought out of my head. It just kept going through my head over and over and over again. It, it was one of those thoughts. Y'all ever, ever try to get those thoughts out of your head? Like, okay, let me just start thinking about something else. Let me think about lunch. It would always come back to this thought. I always kept thinking about it over and over again. And so I, I was driving on this logging road, and I stopped a truck, turned the truck off, and I got out. And I said, okay, God, this is, I, I can't get this out of my mind. But if this is something that you really want me to do, because I'm, I'm a big big ideas guy, and everybody that knows me knows that I come up with these really big ideas and then find people to implement them, right? But this is a really big idea, God. But now if this is something that you really want me to do, you're going to have to show me. And you're going to have to make it clear. Because this is, God, this is a big deal. I mean, for me to, to go out west on my own, on my own dime and all that, this is, this is kind of a big deal. So I got back in the truck, and I listened to Christian radio. I, I leave Christian radio on, on all the time. And I turned the radio on, or as I turned the truck on, the first song that came on was, Here I Am, Lord, Send Me. <laughs> I, I did the same thing. I just kind of chuckled a little bit. I was like, yeah, that's kind of funny. So I finished working that day, and, and I got home, and the, the RAs, and I don't know if the GAs are coming up, maybe not, but the, the GAs and the RAs had made cards for the Sunday school teachers. And I got home, and I, and I got the mail out, and, and Mackenzie Pageant, 
had sent me one. And I opened it up, and it just simply said, you're a good teacher. It had some coloring on it. <laughs> okay, that, that's funny, right? Oh, it's Wednesday night. I, I forgot I got to do my devotion. And I don't know about y'all, but I have the Bible app on my phone, you know, and it, it'll send you a little notification to do your, uh, to do your daily devotion. And so, and so I opened it up, and it, that particular day it was Colossians uh, chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. And let me get to it here in my Bible. And so I get to it, Colossians chapter 4, verses 5 and 6, and this is what it says. It says, walk in the wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Verse 6 says, let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Okay, so you know, let, me, let me just glance at a, at a commentary. So I went over and picked up one of my commentary Bibles. And here's what it says for verse 5. Verse 5 said, walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Here's what the commentary says for that. It says that this refers to unbelievers, that the credibility of the Christian faith and that that we make the most out of every evangelistic opportunity. Okay, stop it, God. <laughs> oh, man. So I, I honestly, I, I, I turned my phone off and I was a little nervous. You know, I was like, this is this weird. So I come to church and, and y'all know we, we come here Wednesday night, we're still uh, this was in 2015. We're still going through Matthew, verse by verse, <laughs> taking our time, very slowly, right? So we're going, we're going through Matthew, and uh, we take some prayer requests, and uh, the pastor says, okay, open your Bibles. We are, we're in Matthew chapter 9, and he begins reading this, verse 37. Jesus speaking here, then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest, to send out laborers into his harvest. I got the notes right here from that night. Pastor instructed us that if we are going to pray for those to go, we should be willing to go ourselves. And that night, right there, sitting beside Stephanie in that prayer meeting, I got down on my knees and I accepted God's call. I said, okay, I think you're being pretty clear that you want me to go and this is what you want me to do. I remember going home at night and telling Christy, I was like, Christy, I got this harebrained idea. I, I'm going to go out west and be a chaplain. So what is a chaplain? Well, chaplain is basically one of us among us. That's kind of the definition of a chaplain. Most of us know chaplains from the military. Uh, the, the chaplain received and, and has the same training as whatever field that they are chaplain uh, serving in. So for me as a wildland firefighter, I are one. So that God called me to be a part, to be one of them. I can relate to them. I know what they're going through. I know uh, these details that they go to over and over again. And then if there's tragedy, we have risk and there, there's, there's tragedy in the wildfire community. And so I can relate to them. I've been there. I'm on our honor guard at, our, uh, at the state agency I work for. I've been in these situations. I want to go and relate to these guys. But but more importantly, my desire was to, to be there for those that were struggling and hurting. And most important, it was lost. And I'd be able to relate to them and, and, and to offer them, just as Jesus did, purpose, life, hope. So that's why I came up with IRPG Mission. Okay, so what's that stand for? What does IRPG Mission stand for? 
Well, as a wildland firefighter, we have this little pocket guide. It's called an IRPG, Incident Response Pocket Guide. And, it, and, and all of us carry it in our pocket somewhere while we're out on the fire line fighting fire. And, and it's kind of our guide. It's our, it's our go-to. Um, we use it for all tactical decisions that, that, to make sure we're, we're being safe. And it just has all those guidelines in there. Doesn't that sound familiar as Christians, something that we have? Got the Bible. And so that's where it kind of stuck. And so I took the IRPG, which here it's Incident Response Pocket Guide, and I took IRPG and I said, I'm ready to preach the gospel. IRPG mission. And so in 2015, uh, God blessed me and, and provided a way, and I went out on a trip. Went to uh, Redding, California. Uh, the northern part of California was having some wildfire, a lot of wildfires that year. And so I actually uh, I went out to um, the Hayfork community, which is just, just west of Redding, to what they call the Forks, Fork Complex. This particular fire was managing several fires in this one location. So there were, there were hundreds of firefighters uh, in this one fairground. And I was able to, to do some amazing things. That, 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 that story alone is, is amazing of what God did uh, those few days. And so I came home 2015. I was fired up. And again, y'all remember, I'm a big planner, right? Big ideas, big guy. I mean, I would lay in bed at night and think about, you know, uh, our PG LLC and, and, and people are going to be working for me and we're going to be going out to all these fire camps. I mean, I, I'm going, this is big time, man. I'm ready. And, and I think, you know, God's opened the door. You know, th this thing's going to take off. Nothing. Year after year, no, no big doors were opened. Four years passed and nothing big. Now, now, there was times that I look back now and I see um, on my helmet that I wear for work and when I'm out on the fire line, I got a, I got a sticker here that says chaplain on it. And I would notice that on the fire line, people would ask me about that. Oh, so I see you're a chaplain. Or I would take time to, to, to share um, my story with them. Or, or they would notice that I prayed. Or I would ask them, hey man, is there anything I can pray for you? So it was a a one-on-one -on -one relationship during this time. I really didn't think about that a lot until now. That, you know, I, I remember sitting with the guys a lookout one day. They they post these lookouts to to watch over the crew to make sure that they're safe while they're fighting fire. And so it was me and one other guy, and we're just sitting there. And and every hour you have to take this instrument, you have to measure the weather and and write all this stuff down. And and next thing I know, we were late taking the weather because we were talking about scriptures in the Bible. We were just making these one-on-one -on -one, uh, uh, conversations with each other. So really, really nothing, man. I began to struggle with that a little bit. I was like, okay, God, I mean, you showed me all this stuff in 2015, but it, it just doesn't seem like I, I'm getting any direction here. Well, I was sitting in a chair one night, getting ready to go to bed, and, and uh, I was, I was kind of thumbing through Instagram, and I came across this post from the Eric... Marsh Foundation. Now, the Eric Marsh Foundation was started by a lady named Amanda Marsh. And her husband, his name was Eric Marsh, and he was the crew superintendent for the Granite Mountain Hotshots. This is an interagency hotshot crew uh, that worked for Prescott uh, in, in Arizona. And they, the, the hotshots, they're trained to be the best of the best. And so the city of Prescott had sponsored this hotshot crew and, and this hotshot crew 
in 2013 responded to a fire called the Yarnell Hill Fire. This was, this was close to Yarnell, Arizona. And on June 30th, 2013, 19 men of the Granite Mountain Hotshots, they were overrun by fire and they lost their lives. And so out of that tragedy, the, the Amanda, the wife of, of Eric, she started a nonprofit organization called the Eric Marsh Foundation. And her, her objective is to, is to help and support firefighters and families and the community that is affected by tragedy. And so I, I'm, I'm strolling through, through Instagram, and I see this thing where, where she's going to have a fire family retreat. And so I kind of look at it and read it, and, you know, they were going to have a camp, you know, for the kids and families to come and get together. And I thought, oh, that'd be kind of cool. So I sent an email. I was like, hey, you know, I'm a chaplain. You know, if there's anything I can do, I, I'd love to come out and, and, and be a part of this retreat. And I hit enter, sent the email. I thought, that is stupid. What did I do that for? She doesn't know me from Adam. I mean, that, that was dumb, you know. The next day, I'm at work, and I feel my phone buzz, and I look down. She returns my email and says, hey, I'd like to talk to you. No, really? So I pulled the truck over, and, and, and I sent her an email with my telephone number. And I, I mean, I got, my hands got cold when my phone rang, and I looked down, and it showed the number from Prescott, Arizona. And I answered it. I was kind of starstruck, to be honest with you. I, you know, I, I remember stumbling over my words, and first time in my life, I didn't have anything to say. And <laughs> yeah. But she invited me to come out and to be a part of that and for my, my family to come out. And so after that invitation, I, I began to search the, the scriptures a little bit. And, and I went to, to, uh, to Luke, and I, I've used this scripture before and actually talking with firefighters, but this is where Jesus sends the 70 out. This is in Luke chapter 10, where Jesus sends the 70 out. And, and I began to read this passage and to study this passage to kind of get some, some guidance on, on this trip and kind of preparing for this trip and, and what to do. And the first verse that I kind of come to was, was verse 2. This is Jesus speaking here to this group that he's getting ready to send out. Again, he says here, as he opens up this command to them, he says, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord, the harvest, to send out laborers into his harvest. And so I focused on that. Okay, I'm going. Here we go. And so then I begin to prepare for the trip. And in order to get there, you got to have money. Okay, so let's go back to my job with the state. So my job with the, with the Department of Forestry, when I'm, when I'm involved in wildfires, is to make tactical decisions, is to come up with a plan on how we're going to, to attack this fire. What, what are we going to do in order to stop this fire? That, that's my job, is, is to make those plans. So we have to have a plan. There's got to be a plan in place. And so going out on this trip is the same thing. i got to have a plan. i got to know, you know when I'm going to leave, how I'm going to get there, where the money's going to come from, and where I'm going to stay when I get there. And, and so I began to, to seek some wisdom, actually, from some of those that are in here, some of the trusted friends. I began to go to them and, and say, hey, I got this idea to, to raise some money, you know, to have a little fundraiser. And, but I, kept, I just kept getting this uneasiness every time I would bring up anything about asking somebody for money. And I couldn't get rid of that. I felt bad, you know. God's calling me. And I just, it just kept tearing on me. And so I go back to this, to this scripture. 
Jesus goes on to say to, to these as he sends them out in verse 4, he says, Carry neither money bag, knapsack, nor sandals, and greet no one along the way. And I stopped right there. When he says, carry neither money bag, I quit asking. I quit thinking about it. I went to my friend that I talked to, and I said, I'm not going to do it. No fundraiser. I'm just going to go. I don't know where the money's going to come from. I don't know how this is going to happen. This is killing me, but I'm going to take a leap. I'm going to take a step of faith. And, and Christy, we, we sit there and talked about it. She's like, well, how are we going to pay for this? I got no idea. I don't know. I have no, I'm not going to ask anybody. I'm just going to trust the Lord that he's going to provide. And friends, you know what? He did. He provided. He provided. He provided every cent, every dime to go on this trip. So we went. July 4th, my family headed out to Arizona. We flew to Phoenix, Arizona. And again, by the grace of, of supporters and people that were supporting us and praying, we got some time to, to take in the Grand Canyon and to see that together as a family. And then we headed down to, to Prescott, and we were a part of this family retreat. So the purpose of this retreat, again, is to get firefighters together and, and families together and those that have been affected by tragedy. And it was amazing when we got there, the people that were there. You know, I, I'm expected to see firefighters there, right? We're at a firefighter retreat. But no, it, it, that ripple effect of tragedy goes out so far. Their families were there. Their kids were there. There was a guy there on the honor guard that did the ceremonies for the 19 firefighters. And he talked about how he had to do numerous funerals in one day. And not only was that physical exerting on him but think about that every time he folded that flag it had to be perfect for that family every step he took as an honor guard and every turn he took he wanted it to be perfect for each family man to think about the burden on someone like that this guy was the leader of that honor guard and and, and what was on his mind and to, to hear that to hear him talk about that and then to hear a liaison, this guy, his job was as the news media come in, as a liaison, it was his job to take them up to the site, to where it happened. And then as investigators come in, it was his job to take them up to the site. And you think, well, okay, that's not so bad. This guy knew those 19 guys. They was on the fire department with him. So every time he had to take a group up to that drainage to where those men was overtaken by the fire and where they died, he had to tell that story over and over again. This is what happened. Here's where they were. Every time another news reporter wanted to go up there, another investigator wanted to go up there, he had to go up there and show them. And so I began to see that, that stress and that, that those burdens that these people were carrying. And so this, this retreat had some activities for them to do, uh, to, to spend some time together as a family. Uh, zip lines and, and uh, pool time and volleyball and all kind of stuff we got to be involved in together as a family. And it was fun. We had a, we had a great weekend. It was great. And I, as a chaplain, I got to be there as one of them, among them. They would have campfires in the evening, and, and I can remember sitting around and, and and uh, having that, that time with them around a the campfire, sharing some stories. And, and I would get to share with them my story and share my faith a little bit and pray with them. On Sunday, uh, they invited me to have a, a, a small chapel service. And I did that. A few of them gathered around us. We had a, a, few, a few minutes of service where we talked about some scripture. 
gave the gospel, gave an invitation. And then Sunday, it was all over. We, we headed on back to, to the airport. And I, I can remember, I remember taking the car back to the airport. We, we got back to Phoenix that night. Our flight leaves next morning. And, and I remember taking the car back. And this, this is the first time on the trip that I'm by myself. And, and so I'm driving to the airport, and, and as I get there, I'm thinking, man, I just, I just don't feel like anything happened. You know, I mean, nobody got saved, you know, and I, I can remember Saturday night before the chapel. I, I remember going outside to pray for a little while, and, and, and y'all, y'all with me. I'm a big thinker, right? Okay. I, I, I remember going out and praying like I was going to be Billy Graham. Like all these firefighters were going to come, and, and I was going to give this great evangelistic message, and, and hundreds of firefighters, you know, there's only, what, I don't know, 20 families there or something like that, you know, but I don't know. I just, I felt disappointed. Like, okay, I mean, we come all this way, and we did all this work, and people prayed for us and supported us, but nothing happened. You know, I just, I kind of felt disappointed. I remember riding around that night in the car and taking it back to the airport, just thinking to myself and, and being disappointed, you know. This, this kind of wasn't really what I thought it was. And so we got home, and uh, it may have been a night or two after we got home, I was sitting at the table, and, I, and I, Christy and I, we just finished up dinner, we clean, cleaned up dinner, just Christy and I were sitting at the table, and I said, you know, honey, I said, what did you think of this this?" Uh, this trip, what, what did you think about it? And I was, I was getting ready to just lay it all out, like, oh, it sucked, I think it was awful. And well, she, her, her face just lit up. She's like, oh, Derek, it was amazing. It was amazing to, to talk to those women that were there and how their families were affected and, and how they, when they went out in the community, you know, and the, the struggles that they had. And she just went on and on talking about it. Like, wow. And then, and then I talked to Reagan, my daughter, and I said, you know, Reagan, what did, what did you get out of it? And, and she was talking about all the relationships that she made with the kids that were there and the games that they played and, and, and writing notes back and forth. And I was drawn back to the story of sending the 70 out. They return and they report to Jesus they, in verse 17. Then the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus says this. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. And then he says this, Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Jesus just gave me a whooping. It ain't about me. This whole trip wasn't about me. I'd learned that the hard way. This whole trip wasn't about me. This trip was about doing God's will, sending his word. And as I thought about it, you know, our, our family had a, a wonderful opportunity together. We got to go on a mission trip together. And we got to share our faith with other people. We got to talk about the Lord, and we did have some one-on-one -on -one conversations with people, and I had no idea what seeds were planted that, on that trip. I got no idea. And all the people that we talked to and came across and encountered, I got no idea. 
But I had to be reminded that it wasn't about me. And I'm not going to lie, that night riding around in that car, I was disappointed. But in studying God's word and, and reading God's word, and as, as he reveals himself to me and talking to Christy, it's not about me. It's all about God and what he did on that trip and what he's continuing to do through me in this chaplaincy and, and doing chaplain work with wildland firefighters and being an evangelist and taking God's word out into the world. It's all about him. I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful that God continues to use me in, in, in those situations. And I find more and more that they are just one-on-one -on -one conversations. You know, with guys at work, they'll, they'll come to me and ask me to pray for them. Or, or if I'm out west on a fire and, and have an opportunity to, to, to share the gospel with them, to share my faith or my story, what God has done for me, that's when I found out those are the really big moments. And I'm so thankful I have those. And as a chaplain and as an evangelist, I never miss an opportunity when given to speak to give that invitation. And so I'm going to give that invitation here tonight. You know, one of the things that, that I learned on that trip and that, that fire family weekend was people go through a lot of stuff. And you just don't know what people have in their minds and their hearts. But there's a guy that can help you with that. His name's Jesus. And he loves us so much that his father sent him to the cross to die for us. That we could live forever. And when we accept that into our hearts, when we accept what Jesus has done for us, and we, and we seek and follow him, he will help us through those times. If you're here tonight and you've never made that decision, or maybe, maybe there is something burdening on your heart, I'd encourage you to come talk to me, come talk to the pastor, come talk to a trusted friend. Take time to do that and think about that. If you've already made that decision, look to that friend. Look to that person that, at work. God's calling all of us to, to go after that harvest, to share that good news. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for this opportunity to share my story, my testimony. Lord, I thank you for the, the provisions that you've given us and the support and the prayers, especially of this church. Without that, Lord, the commission cannot be fulfilled. So we th I thank you for that, Lord. Everyone here that prayed for me and, and helped our family along the way as this mission continues to reach out and help firefighters. Lord, I also pray for those seeds that have been planted wherever they are. Lord, it's not about me. It's about those seeds that you planted, Father. Thank you for reminding me of that. And I'm thankful that I'm saved, Lord. But those seeds that are planted out there, Father, I hope that you continue to water them and, and that they grow and those people that we talk to and, and were a part of their lives, Father, that they continue to grow and, and closer to you and come to know you as their Savior. Father, I thank you for this night. Thank you for the, the folks that have come out to hear my story. Hear my PG Mission provides support to wildland firefighter through prayers and spiritual support. I would love to hear from you. Uh, you can email me at irpgmission at gmail.com. God bless you and stay safe.